What you got there? Water. This is the way. Nope, that's the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian's the way of water? No, Avatar is the way of water. So what's the Mandalorian? Star Wars. Technically, Avatar is a Star Wars, too. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, we review Avatar, the way of water. Full spoilers ahead. This is the way. It's Zooming still, into our, no. <laughs> Zooming into our medium shot now. So, Ryan, what were your expectations for Avatar, the way of water? Um, My only expectation was that the it was going to look pretty. That was it. I, before seeing this movie, actually rewatched Avatar, the original, and was surprised that I liked it better on a rewatch. I've seen it multiple times throughout my life. And I just remember over the years people crapping on it because how the story's not really original, and it takes a lot from a lot of different kind of basic stories out there. But upon a rewatch, it just does it probably the best in a weird way. In terms of the basic story and the world building is phenomenal. So I was, you know, I was a little excited going into it, but I I wasn't expecting much in terms of story, but was, you know, surprised in some parts, but then also disappointed in others. I am controversially not the biggest fan of James Cameron. I tend to think he's Pretty overrated, to be honest. I haven't really loved any of his films that I've seen. I'm not huge on the original Avatar or Titanic or the Terminator movies. Like, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're all good. Mm -hmm. I just don't get... Say it with your chest. (laughs) I just don't get (laughs) the massive hype around them all. (laughs) The fact that two two of them are the biggest movies of all time. I don't understand how Titanic and Avatar are the highest... Okay, Endgame is on the list now. But for the longest time, Titanic and Avatar were the two highest grossing movies of all time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're good. They made a lot of technological leaps forward, but how? How are these two? I've seen so many better movies. James Cameron's good, but he's not. Okay. So I do think... He definitely, know, he definitely knows how to put on a spectacle. For sure. We'll and he's got, he's got that... Definitely. He knows how to do spectacle movies things that get people in theaters. Clearly, he's got some kind of magic connection with the audience here. He knows what people want to see. So, and I know James Cameron is an innovator. He always wants to push the technological medium of film forward. The, he wants to give you something you've never seen before, whatever that is. Every one of his film pushes the envelope in some way. So even though I'm not huge on him, I also respect him greatly for what he's contributed to the film industry over the many decades he's worked in it. And he hasn't made a movie since the original Avatar. He spent the last 13 years of his life working on this sequel. So I wasn't especially excited for an Avatar sequel, but I was intrigued to see what the next James Cameron movie would be like. What would it bring to film film history? Because it had to be something, right? He worked 13 years on it. But that's what we're here to find out. So we go to our close-up now, and let's talk about Avatar, The Way of Water. Was it worth the 13-year wait? Eh. (laughs) Here's the the thing. I I liked it. It was good. 
but I just don't. Oh man, I'm more on TikTok than I think you are, and there's a few film TikTokers that I that I uh, follow. Not Soups because he's a. Oh, I'm not trying to get into any online beef right now. I just don't follow him. But there's this guy I respect, Straw Hat Goofy, and he talks about how he I he, it was more so jokingly he was saying it, and he wasn't being too serious on it. Where he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't care about the criticisms of Avatar: The Way of Water if it's um. You know, obviously, there's story elements that aren't good. There's, you know, a lot of stuff that that there's problems in it. But he and he makes a good point where can we not just appreciate this moment in time right now of this is like a sequel to what was and technically still is the number one movie of all time because of all the re-releases, which I still find a little petty. Uh, but also... At the same time, I just can't stop myself from being like, well, what gets you through a movie? Is it the spectacle? Is it the hour-long David Attenborough style of the like underwater documentary that was in this movie? Or is it the actual story that keeps you connected with these characters? And for me, it's the latter. It's the story. And there's, I think, huge problems within this story. Not in terms that it's terrible or it's bad, but they're just kind of basic and they don't really show our main characters to be really smart or especially the children and i know they're children but there's about seven times they make the same mistake in this movie over and over and over again but yeah now the interesting thing i think about what you mentioned there is the different elements of filmmaking and what gets people to watch movies now one thing i think as i said james cameron excels at is spectacle and you were saying as well. And going back to the earliest days of cinema, that's basically what movies were. They were a sideshow attraction, a curiosity. They're, people didn't start liking movies because of stories or characters. They went to the um, those little dime machines just so you could see. Just I'm trying to remember some of the early films, but well, okay, one of the early theater films. Great just train, train robbery. Just, yeah, great. Well, I'm talking even earlier. I'm talking just a train coming towards the camera. Just the oh, idea yeah, yeah, yeah. motion picture was a curiosity. You didn't even need story. And in a lot of ways, I think moviegoers still treat films similarly. On the big screen with the biggest sound, the most cutting edge CGI, people just appreciate spectacle. It's what got people into the first Avatar, which... For all its criticisms, like you were saying, it may not be the most original, the most well-written movie, but it was a pioneer in 3D technology. It gave people something they'd never seen before, and that was enough to make the movie $2 billion. But it's also the same reason the movie hasn't really been talked about a lot in the last 13 years, because after you get out of that theatrical experience, there isn't a lot left to say. But it did well enough for the theater, and I think this movie will be the same way. It's technologically masterful i think but it's yep it's not going to do well when it gets to streaming or home video if you're going to watch avatar the way of water people are going to watch it in theaters they're going to have their minds blown and then they're kind of mm-hmm. just going to move on because there's not a lot much else to talk about and then the next one will probably do the same it'll blow our minds in theaters it'll give us something we probably never seen before and in this one the pioneering technology is I'd say the two things it does most are the underwater technologies and motion capture. Those are what Way of Water excelled at most to me because... It's insane. 
The second best motion capture I've ever seen at this point was the new Planet of the Apes trilogy with yep. Andy Serkis. Those were the king before. I think Way of Water, I think Way of Water topped it now. Because at this point, we, ha- we can live in a world where we watch a movie where it's all aliens, basically. There aren't really any human characters. The entire planet is CGI, but it all looks lifelike. You know me, I'm very hard on special effects, but 90% of this movie looks photorealistic, and it freaking blew my mind. I, I'm usually very tough on effects, but this movie was everything I could have asked Gordon, for, really. Yeah. It's insane how much stuff kind of gets overlooked, and unless you're really followed special effects and especially the quarter crew youtube channel but they talk about specifically one shot where i think it's jake he's tying something off on a creature in the water and the water splashing it's interacting with his skin and interacting with the rope and you're just like it looks so real and a part of me is just like how the fuck did they do that there's so many shots in this movie where you could take a still and most of it's water interaction especially with the people how it's like how it still sits on their face because when you come out of the water you're not completely dry way you see in other films but i even specifically remember i think a shot of natiri there's still some water on her face that was that looks so real i was like what the fuck how are they it's able in the to details. do this it's in the details but like little details are absolutely amazing and i will praise this movie all day for visual effects and how like, yeah, this is how movies should look if you give it enough time and money into potentially building a franchise with this in the future. I think it's it's a stunning piece of art. That's what I think it is. And art doesn't necessarily need to be perfect in form. You don't look at a great work of art and be like, oh, well, you know, Da Vinci's brushstroke cut a little short here. <laughs> Or whatever you just kind of and you can i'm sure people do uh, the the real art snobs but just as a in terms of visual art this movie is as good as you can get for the film medium i think it's one of the most beautiful looking movies i've ever seen once again story is a different discussion and we're going to talk about that and that is a large part of it but this is a movie you could probably just put on the put on in the background with the sound off and just kind of, ooh, pretty. Oh, yeah. You could just have Absolutely. it on a loop. This is one of those movies you could literally watch it muted and you know exactly what's going on the whole time. Like, there's nothing... Yeah. That's the thing yeah. that I kind of wished that James Cameron did a little bit more with this movie, but he's not known for it. It's just have the story be, like, a little bit more complex because we've seen... Not this type of story, but we've seen stories like this where, or a a sequel to something that's just a little bit basic. And for a world that is as vast and as beautiful and vibrant and put so much effort into the world building of Pandora, personally, I think it deserves a really complex story to go along with this world. I mean, I think I I want to talk about. Sorry, I was just going to say, one of the most frustrating things about that is that they're clearly setting up for a more complex story in the sequels. Mm -hmm. I see so much potential for a better story later, but it feels like they spent so long. There's 13 years between movies, and the whole first act of this movie is just exposition catching you up. 
and you have to get acquainted with all these characters you never met in the sec in the first movie, so that yeah. when their stories finally play out in number three, four, five, I think he wants to make five of these. He now we actually five, know yeah. them. So it nearly feels like this is just a number one again, and it's starting from scratch, except mm-hmm. for Jake and Natiri and Quaritch. So that that's the frustrating thing is that it's there was potential for a more complex story, and there are seeds of it in there, but it doesn't live up to its full potential here. Mm-hmm. It does get me to want to see the rest, though, I will say. I never thought I'd want to see the rest no. of the Avatar movies. I thought he was a little yeah, crazy, this... to be honest, for wanting five of these things. But I'm, I'm, you got my attention yeah. now. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I like this movie coming out of it, and I want to see more. I never thought I did as well. It's just like... <laughs> You can't ignore the the basic things in it, but there is a lot of stuff that I do like, especially a surprise for me because I didn't really, I don't think, paid attention too much to the trailers or watched them like too many deep dives, but the Colonel coming back was a huge surprise for me. Oh, I didn't, I see, didn't that see that at coming at all. Didn't see it coming at all. And I, honestly, I'm I so re-watch. glad I didn't watch those, I didn't watch those videos where it was like, top 10 things to remember before going into avatar mm. like i rewatched the movie but there was there's no mention of the colonel like his memories being copied away and sent to earth yeah there's no mention of that whatsoever and there's some stuff again there's some stuff in this movie that you just kind of have to accept where two of the top humans in the in the rta apparently had children or I, so you're just like okay sure um okay. when did you, you know have what time i want to say that you know what I want to say about the Quaritch thing, though? I thought this was yeah. pretty interesting because I probably haven't watched the original Avatar since it came out in 2009, and I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old at that time, and it, it made enough of an impression that I remembered some of the lore, but I didn't remember things like Quaritch died in that movie. So when he comes back and there's that tape where he's talking about, oh, he transferred his memories and whatnot, I'm like, is he still alive, though? I don't even know. So then by the no, time he, he got, found it, he got so shot. Then, I know, but when, so that just was interesting to me when he found his own body, I'm like, oh yeah, he did get killed, but I didn't remember. So I was nearly in his mindset mm. of not knowing how the last movie ended because I forgot those details. So I just thought as somebody who forgot that stuff, it was just interesting that it helped my immersion because I was kind of uncovering his own backstory along with him. Mm-hmm which I don't know how many people would get because they probably rewatched the first one or just remembered it, but that for sure worked. That worked for me. So, yeah, um, I was surprised that he, I surprised he came back, but was also kind of happy because I like that actor. I think he provides so much inter- entertainment for, in the first movie. And I think he did, you know, he did okay here. You know, there's you some villain. You need an overarching yeah. villain for some stories because who are they going to get if you didn't bring him back? The humans is general antagonist. Yeah, you could do that, but you kind of need think what they're, a yeah. ringleader. I think, I think what they're saving for later sequels is probably different um, Navi tribes fighting each other. I felt... If he wanted to plan out story-wise that bring the humans back right away was probably too early. Like, think about if we went two to three uh, movies deep, and then, like, at the end of the third one, you see the ship coming back for the humans. You're like, oh, shit. But uh, no, that's, that's, that's just a personal thing. And Yeah. 
that would have been a bit more, I guess, spectacle and surprise ending. Because the ending to this movie, it kind of just ends the same as the first one. With spoilers, but like Jake's closing his eyes and it zooms in on his face and he opens it. It's the same music score. It's the same everything. And then it's just like, get ready for the next one. And it's like, okay. It's so funny because so much of this movie looks prettier, but the f- like final battle is not as... It's so much longer than in the first movie. But I think the first movie's final battle is way better. It's more like climactic for me. Where in this one, it's just we have to save our kids again. I'm going like, to make a the... controversial comparison here, but it nearly felt like Man of Steel to me. Where the whole last hour of the movie is just CGI destruction. And there was more emotion in there than Man of Steel because the the kid died and they had to save the parents and everyone's mourning. Mm -hmm. You know, there was more moments of emotion, but most of it to me was just, okay, the CGI whales toppling the ship and they're all flying on the things and shooting the people and kind of running around killing soldiers. And I just, this movie, okay, now's a good time to talk about structuring the movie. I had the opposite criticism I have for most movies in that most movies have a strong first act and a strong last act and nobody really knows what to do with the middle for screenwriting. So they kind of just make stuff happen, pad stuff out. The middle usually feels dragged out. In Avatar The Way of Water, I thought the middle act was the best part. The first act felt like an hour long exposition dump. And I'm like, are they even... It's called The Way of Water, and all the trailers show them underwater. When did they even get to the water? They didn't get out of the forest for freaking ever because they have to establish all the kids and and uh, Quaritch being an alien now and who's this? who are all these people and the humans are coming back. And then the whole last act is just this big battle which had an emotional undercurrent, sure, but it's mostly just cgi spectacle battle armies fighting each other i've seen that stuff before so but to me the real (laughs) meat of this movie is in the middle that's where i was most interested it was just kind of them hanging out with the underwater tribe learning about the whales swimming with the whales figuring out how to live in this culture exploring the world building of pandora the the different tribes they meet seeing jake and natiri as leaders and parents and that was the most interesting part to me. You can cut out the beginning and end of this movie and have just kind of an hour and a half of them hanging out with mm-hmm. the water people. And that's, to me, the best part. Maybe that's controversial. I don't know. But that's what I don't think the that's, most for no, me. I don't think that's controversial. Definitely the weakest act for me was the first act. And I think it got better yeah. and better and better. I just felt like the middle went way too long in terms of the one son and the whale. Where, let's be honest, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, their relation. I understand he's got, like, an emotional connection. It's world-building on the animals and how it's to show that the animals are really intelligent. And I thought there was a great moment where a bunch of the whales come back to the uh, way the water tribe. I'm not even going to try to pronounce their tribe. Some people have tried to online and they butcher it. And they're connected through, like, a soul, basically. Like, this is my soul sister. And I thought that was pretty cool world-building. But it just felt like when we were going through the middle, I was like, okay, you're setting up an Avatar villain, but you're basically almost showing no action. And which I don't need it to be fully action all the time, but when you're setting this up and you're basically doing a David Attenborough thing for like an hour, then it's just kind of like, okay, what's the point? 
but uh, you know i it's i feel it differently than some people and i hope everyone shares the same point i have with some of the kids though yeah <laughs> some we'll get there. fucking just, boring <laughs> what i what i before we get there i just want to say that to me the middle part was like I can understand what you're see, saying about, oh, yeah, there's not really a lot of action and it's kind of slow-paced and, yeah, maybe let's get the plot going. But I thought that was the most boring part is whenever they brought in the human characters and Quaritch the and plot. Spider. <laughs> I thought, yeah, whenever they brought that stuff in, I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. Get back to the ocean people. Which, once again, maybe that's controversial and not what most people think. But that's how I felt about it. I didn't care about the humans. That's not what I want to see. I wanted to see more of the lore building and the world building and get to know the characters we like. And the war stuff was just, well, I was never all that invested in it in the first one 13 years ago either. And I don't really care about it now. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for kind of the nature mm -hmm. documentary stuff, honestly. And yeah, maybe James Cameron went a little overboard with it. A lot of it is the long drawn out shots. Once again, I'm going to compare him to Zack Snyder. Half his movie is just long, drawn-out shots of stuff he thinks is cool. It's very pretty stuff. Mm. But it's... Uh, I think that... If you cut out all the long shots of him just showing us animals moving or them flying <laughs> or whatever, this movie would be half as long. Yeah. Maybe half I think as to beautiful. They're great looking. Yeah. I think to help you point out a little bit, the action is... Like, the action, I think, is good. It's better than most movies, but it's kind of, it's nothing out of this world in terms of how they're shot and the technology behind it. I think you can follow the action pretty well in this movie, uh, especially yeah. around the third act, more than some films. But it's it's nowhere on the filmmaking level and uh, compared to like Act Two. You know, there's yeah, you can tell there's passion in Act Two. Yeah, literally, what happens in Act Three is our kids are captured again. Bring the whole tribe. And I guess this is our final battle. And then throughout the whole Act 3, you're like, okay, some of the kids are saved, but these kids get captured. Okay, some of these kids are saved. Oh, but now these kids are trapped here. And you're like, Jesus and then the, Christ. Uh, and then the ocean Maybe you should have invented they a... Just disappear halfway Maybe through. you should have just invented a Pandora condom, Jake, and not have so many children. Yeah, that's another thing. The <laughs> water tribe completely disappears, even though the, like, the main... Their like, favorite kid or their daughter is the one of the people who are captured uh it's just yeah it's it's strange like so get on I the kids know. now you want to talk about them i fucking hate spider i hate him so much he's not a good character he the actor's okay but the character makes no sense so let me give you a breakdown of what happened what what's going on with spider so he's the son the human son of the colonel before the colonel died he slept with some woman. We don't know who the woman is. People have their theories. Theories don't make sense. Anyway, he grows up to be like this Tarzan-like person. They call him monkey or whatever. And he's very into the Navi because the humans left him behind because he was a baby and you can't... Ki Cairo freeze a baby for some reason. Anyway, mm -hmm. maybe because they're not fully developed. I'm not a scientist. You can't... You can't... You can't freeze anybody anyway. Anyway. The spider, he then gets captured. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. He gets captured by the colonel in the avatar form. And you you're know, not my dad. Heart of heart. Yeah, you're not my real dad. He's like, you're right. I'm not. But I have his memory. So basically I am. So what I and this is how he convinces him. He goes, I know you're not going to rat us out. 
to or route out their base or whatever. But if you just show me where to look, then no blame goes on you. And Spider's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? And then he shows them how to bond with the Banshee. And that scene the whole time, like, yeah, it was a cool scene to see how the military would do it. But the whole time, I'm just like, why? Like, what? I don't understand his motivation throughout the whole thing. And he keeps flip-flopping through loyalty, which doesn't okay. make sense. I would have okay, loved no, it I'll... if they... Re if they. I would love it if they revealed later on that he was playing them too, and he would help blow up the ship at the end or whatever, but then he saves his fucking dad at the end. And it's just gonna... like, oh, you think this character has a turnaround at the end? That makes sense? Makes no sense. He tried to kill his friends. He tried to kill his adoptive father. I mean, yeah, Natiri tried to kill him, but for me, that was more of like a... kind of just like testing the water there to see if the colonel would kill the the her other kid and it tears no, she pissed would've. off at that moment she definitely no she definitely she doesn't like she, him she doesn't yeah, like him she never liked him the narration at the start says something about that she never really accepted but also him. spider and then spider goes down and saves his dad because he feels bad who cares now, he's just not written well now what i will say is i think Spider's story on paper sounds kind of interesting he was born of humans raised with the Navi, but always felt like an outsider there. So he gets the chance to meet his real father. And even though Jake is and his family are kind of the ones that raised him, he has a chance at a real bond with somebody with his father's memories. He might get in touch with his real heritage. And I think that would make, that makes sense for some conflicted loyalties. Do I ally myself with the people I grew up with or with the people from whom I really came? And I have an opportunity to get to know these people better, even if they are the bad guys. And he's a young guy, too, so he doesn't really... He still has a lot of his life left, so where do I want to spend the rest of my life? And, like, a, he doesn't really... He's young and immature, and he still has some figuring out to do. He's got friends... He's got more friends and family over here, but it's just kind of the what-if scenario, I think, in his brain. So by the end, he, he got, there's a part of him that still wants to save his dad because he still, on some level, wants a relationship with him. His heart drags him one way, but his logic and his mind says, okay, it would be a better idea to let him die, and the humans kind of suck. But it, So he's just, he's just a young, stupid kid who doesn't really know what he wants, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff with him on paper, but in execution, it didn't... Ex that's uh, my whole uh, point, on, where... Yeah. In execution, it doesn't make a it's lot terrible. of sense. On paper, yeah, well, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, on paper, it's an interesting story, but it's not executed here well at all. Especially in that interrogation scene with his dad, who is trying to convince him to help find Jake. He he does the exact way, a better way to do it would have just been like, I don't know, I'm coming with this like off the top of my head, where he convinces him, like, you know, they don't really like you. They just have you around, you know. They try to manipulate him that way. but they, And when they try to manipulate him, they don't even do it well. They're just like, well, if you help us find him, just point us in the right direction, but don't blatantly tell us where they are, then that's okay. And he's just kind of like, okay. It's just, no, it, you know, I hate to pick on people, but I think I have to lay some of the blame at the actor's feet here. A better actor could have portrayed the conflict within spider better even with the material as written and Not with this material 
<laughs> it's not nah. written well. I'm sorry. The dialogue. And have is you never basic seen a Have you never seen a badly written thing that an actor, a good actor, can elevate? A prime example I've is seen people them talk try. about. People talk about like Ewan McGregor all the time. For example, he's mm-hmm. he's kind of the golden example of an actor elevating his material way past what it should be. A good actor can work wonders, even with a bad script. So, I, I hate to pick on people, but I do think a, a better actor could have made the character more passable. Not good, but more passable. Not th- no, I don't. I don't agree with that. Sorry, mm-hmm. not with this. Not with this dialogue. Not the way his story mm-hmm. is created. I don't agree with that at all. But other other than Fair that, enough. the other children are fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know most of their names. I'm the only ones I know one. were uh, <laughs> the youngest. Who's one? the main one we follow? Uh, Len Le- Loak. Leia. <laughs> Lo- Loak. Luke and Leia. <laughs> Luke and Leia. Yeah, Loak is the main okay. one we follow. That's the that's the second youngest son, who yeah. swimming so around Loak, with the whale the whole movie. Yeah, so Loak, I can kind of He's sympathize solid. with a little bit as like a younger brother, but he just takes up so much time in the movie that it puts the other kids a little bit to the side, especially the older brother. The older brother to me, on more. I agree. Yeah, he's just the older brother is so one note to me he's just kind of like oh i have to stop my little brother from doing stupid things all the time i have to stand up for him there's one scene i like that showed the family dynamic that got a huge laugh in my theater where uh after they get in a fight the young son's like okay and jake's like go do go do something like you did it wrong and then the older he stops the older brother and goes hey what the other kids look like (laughs) and they're like worse and he goes that's good (laughs) that got such a huge laugh in my theater that was a great so moment. true. That's how, that's how dads think, and I and I agree with Jake. <laughs> the youngest son gets the reprimand. The more mature one is like, okay, so we're gonna have a real one-on-one here. What, like, okay, I have to, act, I have to, look. I have to act disappointed, but I'm actually pretty proud. And props to the VFX artists. In the next scene, you actually see the kids that were in that fight, the other kids, and they do look worse <laughs> in, <laughs> in some ways, in my opinion. Okay, and we're talking about the kids. My favorite one by far was uh, Kiri, played by Sigourney Weaver, and that freaking blew my mind. I didn't realize the motion capture in this I movie didn't know is that was so. Her. Oh yeah, the motion capture in this movie is so good. I didn't even realize till halfway through. I'm like, is Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver playing a teenage girl this entire movie? Well, because you hear her voice like break through the voice filter a few times, and you're just kind of like, is it her? Which I. Th- thought was so strange and i wondered how that motion capture worked i gotta see like behind the scenes of it because there's so scenes good. where she's interacting with jake who is like 10 times taller than her so it's interesting how they did it and i think yeah she's got a lot of potential i think again they're waiting to develop her character a bit more in the sequels i, I want to see had more the most, her she had the most development i think I was pretty invested yeah. in her. I think I liked her more than Jake and Natiri. I think I, I liked her and Loak better. Well, well, Jake and Natiri were sidelined, and I was so disappointed because Natiri is probably the best character in this entire universe. And Natiri got and the she's most. She's acted. She's acted phenomenally by Zoe Saldana. She is phenomenal. She, she I be... in all of these actors, she is the one who transforms the most into her character. Well, she's also the one who broke out the best. She's had the most successful career since Avatar by far. 
Nobody else is really. You don't known think for Sam anything. Worthington, the star of Terminator Salvation? That's before Avatar. <laughs> You're talking about? Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think, think it's it a year before. It was or around the same. It was around the same time. So you're still saying Sam Worthington peaked in the early 2010s. So he's all done. Has got to. Then... <laughs> he this did, mostly... and then he kind of got like sidetracked. This is pretty much all he's got. Zoe Saldana is fine without this franchise, but it still disappoints oh, it me. It came that... out the same year. Hmm. But it still disappoints that me that they sideline. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that one. But I'll it's not good, but I think day. it's underrated. It's got Christian Bale. Yeah. It's got anybody. Any yeah. movie with Christian Bale in it gets like a, at least a few good points because he always yeah. tries. Oh, that was a movie I thought of. There's a movie called, what is it, Reign of Fire? It's got Matthew McConaughey and uh, <laughs> mm. uh, Christian Bale. And the material is not great, but Christian Bale does his best. <laughs> hmm. That's one. Christian Bale doing there. his best is usually worth the price of admission. But yeah, mm-hmm. Sam Worthington was like really good four. in this movie. He, I think I like Jake in this movie better than in the first one from what I remember. I like him as the stoic leader and father. And mm-hmm. he's got... I just like his vibe more this time around. But yeah, Natiri getting sidelined, that was a massive disappointment for me because she kind of just played the... Like, she kind of just did everything Jake said and had a little bit of pushback, but there wasn't, there was only maybe one scene yeah. where she really had an argument with him whether to go or not. And other than that, she didn't really put up much of a fight or anything. You didn't really see how she felt adjusting to the village. You see how Jake gets on with the local leaders. You see how the kids get on with the local kids. You don't really see how Natiri feels about it, except in just shots where she looks dissatisfied and you know she didn't want to leave home. And then the only other moment she gets is at the end of the movie when her son gets killed and she goes on that awesome rampage on the boat and her action her, scenes are phenomenal and seeing her mourn her kid. Those, those are really the only moments she got. She got one big argument scene mm-hmm. and a mourn from mother goes full on badass scene. Both Another very standout well, moments, mind you, but in a three hour movie, those are only two big standouts. Mm-hmm. Which is another very well written, uh, strong female character that's not blatantly in her face. But yeah, th- my my main problem with them leaving uh, the Force people was like the reason for leaving was just kind of like, and it's a bit nitpicky if I'm being honest. Where Jake says, "Okay, we have to protect our family too. All uh, we ha- I have to protect my family, but also protect my people." And I know he's hunting me personally, the Colonel. So if I leave my people, then then the people will be safe. So then he goes to a completely different tribe to put them in danger <laughs> because yeah. he knows the colonel's going to follow him. But that's a little bit nitpicky, and I understand why they went to a different tribe because why would forced uh, natives go to a water tribe? That doesn't make sense. That's out of their element. And but I, I also kind of hated that, that we were... I hated that we got away from the forced people. And I know because there was so much world building in the first one, we didn't really need to see more of them. But then we just kind of forget about them for the rest of the movie. The only thing I'll say about that is that if he had to run, I think they did say these water tribes were across the planet. So he went as far away Mm -hmm. as he possibly could. And it's like, unless you want to separate your family entirely from all community and have your kids be raised just within the family, 
and never interact with anyone again, be on the run the rest of your life. You got to settle down somewhere eventually. So it was, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a... Damn kind if of you just, do, damn if you don't, yeah. There was no good way out of the situation that James Cameron put them in. So this was probably the best way out of it. But yeah, I mean, there was, yeah. like you said, damn if you do, damn if you don't. There's problems either way. But the... I didn't mind. There's also like the hundreds. Tribe. There was hundreds of tribes or whatever, or hundreds of islands in the water tribe. So yeah, maybe. I didn't mind not seeing the forest people again because we got the whole first movie with them. I appreciate that for this sequel, James Cameron had the guts to put us somewhere completely different and just stay there. He didn't look backward. He's looking forward. He's trying to build up Pandora even more. He's not just trying to play the greatest hits of the first Avatar. He's, it's all about expansion and innovation and just keeping things on a momentum. You can't spend too much time with the same old forest people you spent the last couple hours with in the last Avatar. And I'm very excited to see what other worlds they'll go to next because I doubt they're staying with the water people. They'll probably go somewhere totally different for most of the third movie. And I welcome that as well. I just, I my, respect... Uh, my... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I respect James Cameron's world building in this movie. For whatever flaws I have with the oh, plot, for sure. the, the world building is fantastic. Just it's the, the cultures, he, the cultures, like... the creatures, the creature designs, just the way the planet feels so alien but mm-hmm. real at the same time. It's just... Pandora is a fantastic different... fantasy world. Even the different designs of the different tribe in the Na'vi are so good because, yeah, I mean, everyone on the planet is technically Na'vi, just like how everyone here in real life is human, but there's going to be different races and different cultures. And I thought, what? And for a, a people who live in the water most of their lives, I thought the designs were phenomenal. You can tell, like, with their arms are almost fin-like in certain ways. They have a longer tail that's to help them swim. And you can kind of picture, if you're an evolution freak, just how how that was able to happen. You know, maybe there was, when Pandora first started, they all started as one tribe and then spread out. And then over time, people just evolved to uh, what the water tribe looked like. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, whatever critique I have of these films, the world building is never met. Like, it, there's no better world building, I think, in any other film than... Pandora, or as complex as Pandora. It's so. very impressive. Once again, I'm going to compare it to something like Star Wars, because I, it's very... I don't know if Now that's been, galaxy building, Joe. <laughs> I don't know if there's been a... Uh, I don't know if there's been a movie necessarily uh, like Star Wars, where a lot of movies, uh, popular movies, popular franchises are adapted from other source material. Nowadays, it's a lot of comic books. Traditionally, it's novels. Adaptations take these worlds crafted in longer form media and put them to film. But things like Star Wars were famous for crafting a fully formed world with a whole bunch of lore just for the medium of film. And James Cameron's done the same thing with Avatar here. The world of Pandora and what the humans are doing on it and all the tribes and everything that's happening on Earth This is a whole fantasy world just for film, and it's only two entries in. 
and I'm blown away by what he's done with it so far. I, I can easily see this being a kind of multimedia world, just like Star Wars, where fans, more obsessed than I am, pick apart every little detail, try to learn all the <laughs> complexities, and just learn every inch of this thing. It's got that kind of potential. Oh, for sure. Keeps, There's so much potential going. with this franchise. But the problem I have more is just... Uh, there's even, like, the strong emotional moments, they don't matter because... Well, not that they don't matter, but they're not as impactful as they should be. I mean, with one example is the older brother's death. To me, I just kind of was like, he was the one child who we spent the least amount of time with, even more so than the youngest one who's, like, five years old, and she has a more character development than he does. I don't know if I asked you this when I was messaging you about it, but would it have made a more emotional impact if Loak had died, if Loak had got shot? That would have hit way more. You spent the whole movie with this kid and, re and knowing that he's trying to ease the most into the tribe, into their ways, and kind of wants yeah. to be... He feels like an outcast, but he feels accepted by um, uh, the one... Uh, water tribe girl who they're obviously setting up a relationship in the future yeah. who's played by Kate Winslet but and to me I was like man he should have gotten shot but also I understand this is another he case wants, of getting they want him to be yeah built uh, on the franchise this is another case of getting back to new a corner if you didn't build up the first son before his death which they didn't you don't really care as much about the son's death so it would make sense, mm -hmm. like you said, to kill off someone like Loak or Kiri, someone they actually built up in this movie. Hell, I even thought they might kill off Jake. I really didn't think he was safe in that last act there. No. When he went back after the colonel, I'm like, oh, they might actually kill the lead, and I don't know. I thought that was really well done, because I legitimately was like, I, I don't know. But they also were clearly trying to set up those characters like Kiri and Loak to carry the franchise going forward. So. You spend the whole movie building them up because you want people to care about them for later, but you also sideline characters that we were supposed to care about now before they died. And the movie's already three hours long, so I don't know where the time's no. going. It's just... It's, it's a, a way to fix it. Yeah. A way to fix it to me would probably have the brother go on the same amount of adventures as Loak did, especially to go out with the whales and stuff. Because yeah. the main problem I have with him is that he's just there to be a deus ex machina for the little brother, to save him all the time. There's so many dumb, like, after-school special kids things that happen in this movie. Especially with the other tribe leaving Loak out in the middle of nowhere uh, around this monster that they know is meant to kill people. Children don't do that. There's no, like, there's no kids out there that you know, take another kid out in the forest, unless they're psychopaths, but, you know, hang out with this one kid and then abandon them because they know this, what, mountain lion is going to come and kill them, they would get charged immediately. And what happens here, like, nothing happens because they don't want to upset the tribe. But it's just basic, stupid, like, after-school special okay, now, plot gonna, stuff that doesn't make sense. I'm going to try to counter that again with what I will say about that is the way they've kind of set things up I know in the first movie, the Na'vi were criticized for being a little too idealized in terms of having very few flaws to speak of. They're this 
perfect society, basically. And you'd probably get the same criticisms from this. And the, the humans are cartoonish bad guys who just, all they do is destroy. They're all assholes. You could Human levy very similar. Yeah, you could levy very similar criticisms against this movie. But in situations like that, I think that's a telling point that the movie's trying to show you that they're not, one of the biggest Navi problems seems to be they have a lot of prejudice and xenophobia against things different than themselves. The Water Tribe not only mock the Sully family for being forest people with oh, tails that can't swim or whatever, they also mock them for having four finger fingers, basically being half-breed five. children. Five. I thought they had. Oh, sorry, four. not counting, not counting the thumb or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, so they like, have counting the thumb. Every counting the thumb. Everyone born on uh, Pandora has like the four fingers, and then if yeah. you were an Avatar, you have five. Yeah. So they have. So they mock them not only for being forest people, but mixed-race children as well, and they kind of see them as unnatural aberrations. So when they leave, they would never leave one of their own out there, but to leave someone like Loak out there, they kind of saw him as less than Na'vi to begin with, maybe more human, more aligned with their enemy. They, they looked down on him to start, and I don't think they really cared whether he lived or died. So a part of me says... Yeah, maybe it's a little extreme of a scenario, but just to defend the idea behind it, I think they were just being really xenophobic towards the whole family this whole time and just took an opportunity to be dicks about it. Well, yeah, you can be like you can have that plot point in it, but it still has to be good. And it still has to be <laughs> original and smart. I think a, a smarter way to do it would probably not, I don't know, man. I, it's just, I'm trying to make Avatar smart, and it's just not helping. Look, the, but the other just thing basic storytelling points that I don't like in this movie, where it's like Jesus Christ, James Cameron, you're still doing the same shit you did 13 years ago. Where you're, you're obviously you're doing great in terms of building the world and the visuals and the spectacle, but you're not making that much effort in terms of the story, and that's just the biggest disappointment I have with this movie. The other thing I've heard though is James Cameron apparently is famous for releasing longer director's cut special editions of the of his films. Oh, the nine-hour so, thing? So I would not be shocked if a lot of the criticisms we're addressing are from a bunch of deleted scenes that are going to be in like a six-hour cut of this movie, which I don't know if I'll go back and watch that cut of the movie. It may be like a Batman v Superman ultimate cut sort of situation, too little, too late. Most of the people who saw it made up their minds about it didn't watch the definitive version of it air quotes definitive but and that definitive version still wasn't good <laughs> i liked it it added one it added one character thing and that was it it added why it added why lewis was in the movie that was it <laughs> the ultimate cut is good i will stand by i will stand by that but the my Lex point Luthor is sucks yeah i'm not going to defend that <laughs> <laughs> but the my point is, a lot of these criticisms are probably addressed in story beats that we didn't see in this cut of the movie. Which, once again, that's not defending this cut of the movie. It's more to say, I have faith James Cameron thought of other stuff and just didn't bother to show it because it was already over three hours long. So. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Oh, one cool, you, I gotta admit, one cool action part was when the guy had his 
Um, shut up, Adobe. Had his uh, he had his arm caught in the steel rod. The fisherman guy. Oh yeah. And then it just snaps moment. off. That was the one time in the movie where like I grabbed my arm because I could kind of like feel it at the same time. How painful that would fucking be. That must I saw it, I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. Oh, how, how gory are they gonna be with it? And they were really gore with it, and that got a small cheer from my audience. They were like, yeah, something cool. <laughs> something funny. And it was so okay, funny. No. At the end of this movie, there were some people who wanted to clap for it, and then yeah. there were others who were just like, oh, we get to leave. <laughs> and not in terms of, like, the movie was bad, but, like, it was just it was long. I got the same vibe at the end of my screening. People, in general, word of mouth seemed to be good, but I could also tell people were just tired. <laughs> And I saw it at like yeah. six o'clock, so we were only leaving at nine thirty. But I, I did remember hearing somebody as we walked out, like, "Who would come to a ten o'clock showing of this?" Yeah, I went Which to was, a three o'clock showing, and I was beat. Yeah, there was a ten o'clock showing at my theater right after. Oh, yeah. But speaking of the guy who got his arm cut off, I want to talk about the whale hunting scene a little bit. What do you think of that? <laughs> Boo. I didn't need to see that at all. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like I like I get it, but it, it was so funny. It felt like a Austin Powers moment where it's like this little bit of uh this little bit of fluid here can stop human aging forever. How much is it? 80 million dollars. And I've seen that, the meme where they've compared it to Austin Powers who were like, "Oh, that's it's not that much." Yeah, we can give that to you. Cuz there's a moment in Austin Powers where he's because he come, comes to the future, he's like, what's your ransom? One million dollars. Like, oh, that's, well, it's, that's, not, that's not that much now. <laughs> it's like, it, this, it stops human aging forever. And it's only 80 million dollars? <laughs> to me, that maybe, was a real, a little real, not realistic. Should have been at least a billion. Maybe inflation went down in this future, and 80 million is actually worth something again. That's Who true. Knows? But yeah, I, yeah the, the whale scene, <laughs> it was probably the best directed action sequence in the movie. So that's, that's my positive yeah. about it. It was, a, it was a really engaging action sequence. And you do feel what the, it really makes you feel what the Navi feel. You get as pissed off as they do. You are disgusted and horrified by this. And you have to watch mm -hmm. it all play out in all the gory details. But also, I, really th I didn't need to see that in such yeah. detail. And it was I really very thought what upsetting. They were, what I thought they were about to do was they were going to make Courage do like a 180 when he saw the whale hunting and he was going to be like, oh my God, we are terrible. I was like, oh, don't do this. Please don't do this. And, but then he, the next scene, he's just like, nope, let's forget. Like, there's no <laughs> character development in that whatsoever. I mean, there's a little bit in Spider because he's like, oh yeah, these humans are awful. <laughs> but again, it's not written well. You know, there's the really action no scenes well done, and there was one point. There was one point that I really liked was how the calf just stayed with the mother till it died. I was like, "Aw," because that's kind of real life stuff as well, a little bit. Where if you kill the mom, then the calf is just going to eventually die, especially yeah. with orcas. I think it is so tragic stuff. But the yeah, stop hunting you were whales. About, Earth. You were talking about character development before. I think. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if any character in this movie really got any development. Did anyone really change from start to end here? Um, 
People discovered a little more about themselves, sure. I was they, about to say some of the water. I was about to say some of the water tribe people, but also they didn't really, I don't feel like they changed. I just felt like they put up with Sully and his family at the end there. Yeah. Because they, they then grew, they just dip. They just leave afterwards. They grew more tolerant of outsiders, but I don't think anyone in Sully's family actually really changed in any way. They had, they were emotionally challenged. They had obstacles to overcome, but they didn't really mm. grow from their experience. Maybe Loak, but I can't tell you even off the top Maybe. of my, like he probably grew the most because he was, I don't know, hot headed at the very beginning. He wanted to rush into danger. He wanted to fight, even though he wasn't really ready. He didn't really listen to his father or support the family unit. He develops that connection with the whale, kind of shows him what the importance of real connections and wanting to preserve things, preserve life and not to rush Mm -hmm. into things. But I don't know how much he really changed or how much anybody really did. And I'm not, not, I think the whale had more character development than (laughs) most of them. Yeah. God, my screening was not the best because there was someone two seats beside me who just had to comment on every little thing. Especially there was uh, one part I remember during the whale part where he's about to connect to uh, the whale's memories. And she just blurts, she like blurts out, not loud, but I could hear it. She's like, oh, that's how they connect. And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Like she had to comment on every single, she had to comment on every single little thing that happened. I was just kind of like, have you never been to a movie theater before? And it didn't help that her boyfriend who was beside me had like restless leg syndrome. Just shaking his leg the whole time. Oh, but other than that, like, no, I don't think there's any character development. I thought maybe at the end, Jake, uh, well, I guess maybe Jake had like a little bit with trusting his youngest son uh, in terms of how they got out of the ship in the water, yeah. which was super tense. But also somehow the Navi could just breathe forever. So not that tense <laughs> in terms it yeah. was a great spectacle moment in terms of like what it is technologically, but it seems to be most of the character development in this franchise happens off screen. Like Jake and Natiri changed a lot. Jake especially between movies, and mm-hmm. this one ends with their son dying, which I'm sure is going to have a psychological effect on Jake and Natiri. Natiri, that'll change them as people going forward. But we're not going to see that because then they'll have gone through that by the time of the third movie. They'll whatever changes as people they'll have from this event, they'll already get by the third movie. So we're not going to see that development. It's like every movie they they'll start having been developed already, but we don't see it, which is a weird way to tell a story. I don't necessarily care. I don't. I'm not that invested in these people, but I do like watching them. I I did like this movie. It's a good watch. It kept me entertained. I'm, I'm very interested in this world, but I'm also... So I'm willing to overlook a lot of these flaws that we've been discussing this entire time, but do have to acknowledge they are there because I want James yeah. Cameron to do even better on the third one. I think this is better than the first one from what I remember, but I just want to see it get even better because it can be. I don't know if I agree with you if it's better or not. I just You just uh, rewatched it. You just rewatched I it. I did just rewatch it. I haven't seen it in I 13 think because, years. So take take my opinion with a grain of salt there. I think because the first one, yeah. 
I think the first one, well, I, some people, a lot of people say the second one's better, but I just, cause I've rewatched it. I think the first one just has a more tight story and it is a basic one, but it, I don't, I don't know. I like, I don't want to say either is better or not, but I will say if you don't think this movie is cartoonish or silly in any way, just know that your main villain for probably the next third or fourth movie Drinks a coffee from a robot arm. <laughs> Drinks a coffee cup from a robot arm. I was like, holy fuck, they're still doing this. Where the bad guy does complete destruction or does something villainous. And the main one is just drinking a coffee mug and watching destruction. Like, Jesus Christ, are we still doing this? I thought that was so funny. I almost burst out laughing. Because she's just in the mecha suit drinking a cup of coffee. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're you got any more to say? I think it's worth it. This one up. Yeah. It's definitely like one of those movies you should go see, but make sure you go see it at like three o'clock or six o'clock showing. <laughs> yeah, and don't wait till streaming, please. It, no, yeah, it's definitely one, it's one of those it's one of those movies you have to see in the theater. It's not going to be the same otherwise. Some movies you do miss out a little bit on streaming, but this movie is one mm-hmm. you absolutely have to see in theaters. And ideally, it's just because all just the little theaters. details. See it in IMAX 3D if you got a theater like that near you. See it in the best possible quality you can see it in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's, you know, it's not a great movie, but I do think it's still worth a watch. I don't know if I'm just now's used the time to, to it, watch but it. I, didn't really, I didn't really see the 3D element in it. Maybe because the 3D stuff is super gimmicky now. But I don't really, I didn't really notice 3D oh, no, elements no. in it. No, to me, Avatar's 3D elements are like, Avatar is the Subtle. movie that, that threw away gimmicky 3D. And yeah, I, didn't I get, guess, yeah. And I didn't get it at first either, but when you watch Avatar in 3D, it's actually three dimensions. The, the, you watch the screen, it oh, doesn't yeah, just yeah. look like a flat surface. It looks like there's actually depth in the world. Like gimmicky 3D is when... The stuff comes out at you. <laughs> like that's back when we still had blue and red glasses. Those were which the were days. still around in our lifetime. That dates us a bit. Oh yeah. Remember the time where they tried selling 3D TVs at home? Interesting times. Those lasted a while. Interesting times. And the glasses they came with always looked terrible. Yeah. The glasses are cooler now for sure. But it's not as fun. Yeah. I like the old red and blue. Anyway. Yeah, it's just, it's better. And also, I think from memory, there was like, you, you could always tell on the outline of like a red and blue when you're looking through it. The screen yeah, was like yeah. a, a, a tiny, I don't know. I mean, we're just nostalgic about it. But yeah, I think this movie's worth a watch. If you just turn your brain off and you'll love it. I couldn't turn my brain off because I'm a critical bastard when it comes to this stuff. But no, we, I think that's what we got to do. We got to we got to critique. But also mm-hmm. there's a lot to praise about this movie as well, mostly from a technological point of view. And I think technically this... speaking is the best looking film I've ever seen in my life. In terms of graphics and VFX. I just wish the story had a second draft. I'm not, now I'm making it sound like there was only one draft of the story. I'm sure in there's been years. I, I'm sure one there's been hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just kill uh, off Spider in the beginning of the next movie, and I'll be happy. 
<laughs> I don't see Figured. any potential in Spider. I'm not as harsh on him uh, as you are, but he, he could have been better for sure. But fingers crossed with the third one. I do. I am actually looking forward to the third one, which, as I said up top, I was very much against the idea of Avatars 3 through 5 just earlier this year. I wasn't even super hyped on this one, but it convinced me that there's more gas in this tank and Avatar mm-hmm. could be very interesting going forward. If they just so get here's their the titles. stories better. So here's the titles for Avatar 3, 4, oh, and 5. You released the title? Avatar 3, The Seed Bearer, which comes out in 2024. And 2026, Avatar 4, The Tolkien Writer. (laughs) Avatar 5, in 2028, The Quest for Awa. Okay. And it looks like there's a picture of Natiri in the fourth movie. So she survives for a while, so that's good. Uh, But again, this is, you know, years ago. Or not years ago, but I don't know how. Uh, but yeah, Seed Bearer is the next one. Could be. And it changed. looks like they're somewhere underwater or in another part of the forest. Hmm. Who knows, man? I'm also on Google, so. Okay. But yeah, apparently uh, Kate Winslet learned to hold her breath for seven minutes wow. while doing this movie, so that's pretty impressive. Crazy. Pretty funny that she's working with James Cameron again, even though he almost tried to kill her. <laughs> in in Titanic, there? there's oh, uh, just stuff with like her being in cold water submerged for a while. Apparently, she had hyperthermia. There's oh, great. Wow. There's there's so many behind the scenes, especially because James Cameron did the Abyss, where uh, one guy I can't remember his name, but one guy couldn't breathe in the helmet that they had to use. So, and he said he would call cut at a certain time. He didn't, couldn't breathe. And as soon as they called cut and he got out of the suit, allegedly he went up to James Cameron and punched him in the face. <laughs> so there's, there's just great behind-the-scenes story, stories yes. of James Cameron. I think he's low-key funny with some of the quotes he said. I think I told you the Neil deGrasse Tyson joke, but that was off-stream. And there, yeah, uh, he was ta- Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking to him about Titanic and how he, uh, in the scene where Rose is looking up, I haven't seen Titanic, as Rose is looking up at the stars, the stars around that time are technically wrong that are depicted in the film. So Neil deGrasse Tyson is one of those people that critiques movies all the time when no one asks him to about science stuff, especially Marvel stuff. And he kept going up to James Cameron after years and years of just telling him, hey, you know, those stars, they're wrong. And then eventually James Cameron said, you know what, Neil? Titanic has made over $2 billion over the box office, sold out many times. Imagine how much money it would have made if I got the stars right. And to me, that's really funny. <laughs> that's, that is really funny. I mean, it's cocky, really but it's funny. funny. It's cocky, but it's funny. And another cocky thing he said recently was, you can go up and uh, you can leave Avatar 2 whenever you want to go to the bathroom. Because I know you'll be back to see it again. I'm <laughs> 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 just like, man, this guy. <laughs> wow. I think, wow. yeah, he's funny in some instances, but I think there's some behind the scenes stuff. Where uh, he's not the best, but who is? You know, you can't yeah. you can't make a good film and be a good person. That's well, gonna he... get taken out of context. That's <laughs> gonna get taken out of context real soon. Well, let's hope we never make anything good as long as we live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
right. With oh, that, man. do you want to plug your socials? <sighs> sure. Anyway, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on TikTok and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at ThoughtPlane Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us on audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button and sharing if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe, where we share with you our top entertainment picks of 2022. Till next time. Scown. It's the only Navi I know.